You have a Centaurus T-shirt. Yeah, I. Uh, oh yeah, I, uh, I. I'm a basketball coach over there. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Okay, cool. I got this new microphone. I've been playing with. Uh, oh wow. Uh, yeah. My son is in Centaurus. Oh really? That's awesome. Uh huh. Uh, what, what What year is he? He's a senior this year. Senior this year. That is so rough. That is so rough this year to be a senior and to to, yeah. to um, have a very non-traditional senior experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. It might have been just as hard last year, too, to be a senior, of course, like in the springtime mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. But still, that's really cool. Well, yeah. What was his name? He's, he's Benjamin Brady. Benjamin Brady, cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I coach uh, a girls basketball at Centaurus. Oh, wow. Yeah, JV basketball coach there. Um, yeah, how are, how are you today? I'm good, yeah. I'm good, how are you? Good, I'm, I'm doing well, you know, uh, cons just considering everything, you know. And welcome, this is a new edition of Sky's the Limit podcast. We are going to be talking with Eugenia Brady about the theme of neurodiversity. And so, hey, we're just going to jump right into that conversation. A lot of um, books and work about neurodiversity, and yeah. I think that's the way to go. I, I feel like, you know, if we, one of my complaints in the community, I work a lot with the, for years, I have been involved in the Latino community. Um, yeah. I worked. Um, I worked in BBSD for almost 14 years. Wow. And yeah, and I had. I was the um, the parent liaison for uh, parent involvement mm. over there at the Ed Center. And and one of the things that I always complained about it was that we have all those. And, and in the community, it's the same thing. We have all those trainings about um, diversity and. Uh, now it seems to be changing a little bit, but back in those years, the training about uh, diversity, it was just about uh, race and, and language and culture. And that was it. It's like, no, this is not, why are we always missing from the big picture? And I still say it because people now uh, are, if they, they feel that they are inclusive and present a bigger picture of diversity, then they have, um, you know, people from different backgrounds, um, cultural and, and racial backgrounds, and now they are more involved in the community, the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, and then there's the strain, and they say people with disabilities. But then if you see documents, if you see the training, we got just one paragraph or two. And that was mm -hmm. our inclusion. And that is not fair to anybody because that's the reason why people with with um with disabilities got have all this huge stigma on them mm -hmm. that you are way too different that you are really part of us but really not mm. you know you are your own world and that is not the case we are all human beings yeah. So that's that's what always have been one of my points when I 
um, I have to, you know, I see uh, people in the community doing all these trainings for diversity and all of that. Now I say, hey, I, I send a, an email or I talk to them and like, you're sure you're um, including people with disabilities? Or mm. now we have we have meeting with Boulder County for all these things that they are doing for about COVID. And, and they have been including all kind of people. And I, it's always me sending in the chat, do you have people with disabilities included? Oh my God, you know, they always, it's like, until you mention it, then you see the boba. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot. Yeah, it's like, no, you need to, you need to include us. You need to put us on the, you know, on the table for a discussion. Yeah, and I think one of the things with someone with developmental disabilities and What's so challenging is, so let's say you're in terms of diversity conversations, like let's say you're a Latino, Latina, Latinx person, um, you can communicate, you know, your needs and differences and people can maybe see what your difference might be. And mm-hmm. obviously there's still struggles that are not fully overcome yet, um, but there's advocacy that's kind of more straightforward that can happen. Well, let's say you're someone who has autism or has is on the, the uh, developmental disability spectrums. It's more difficult to advocate for yourself, and so yeah. it requires somebody else, like you or myself, to then advocate for them. And so yeah. there's like this delay of progress that can be made for somebody with disabilities, like you just said, where no one's aware until somebody says something. Yes. Um, while like you know you could be in a room and you can kind of see like okay this person is has is has a black uh, cultural background has a Latina Latino cultural background um, or other kinds of conversations that are going on in the mainstream like where there is there is a a gay pride parade that happens each year right but there isn't necessarily a person with special needs you know platform right there's there's no that concept doesn't exist yeah ability pride disability nothing it's like always we have to be ashamed of whatever it is the case you know and and that's why that's why when we're talking about changing the language uh, instead of trying to put people in in a labeled box as disabilities and, and pushing them out out of the way there's there's so many so much more strength so many more Yes. Ways to like look at someone with a, a developmental disability or autism or whatever it might be. This I was reading the, that whole chapter about like dyslexia and how if you have, you know, reading comprehension problems, you tend to be a stronger visual spatial learner. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. there's like, why are we not using that language or putting that person to those sorts of strengths and said they're constantly reminded that they are lesser than for some sort of reason yes 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 my son has autism yeah and he um he has been able to be at grade level all the years yeah wow Uh, yeah so he he has taken all regular classes with uh with the rest of the kids he has an ip but he has been able to be there just like with the other kids but um, it is hard because people, it's, and on top of that, because I had married an American, mm-hmm. um, uh, oh. yeah, that's why I ended up here. I'm from Costa Rica. Okay, and, Costa Rica, okay. Yeah, and um, my children, um, well, they still do not look like me. 
they they are white and and on top of that you know they don't benjamin doesn't look anything like he gets anything you just see a kid but then people uh what, what benjamin okay keep going sorry i'm so, what i'm hearing is that benjamin has uh, intersectionality he has disabilities L- latino Mm-hmm. But also white, but then also yeah. a, a son, first generation immigrant. So he's got a lot of mm-hmm. um, traditionally like minority factors mm-hmm. that he is experiencing. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and and so no for wonder you you found the ACL and are are passionate advocate. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I I that's why I quit my job in BBSD. Wow. <laughs> because yeah. I I failed for many families that were in the in the same boat than me. That when I when like my boy was in elementary school and in um, in preschool. Mm-hmm. And and they didn't they didn't know what to do. They didn't, you know. When back in his years, Benjamin is seventeen years old, and when I got his diagnosis, there was not a lot of information about um, autism. Yeah. And so I started to read. I thought, okay, I need to. Nobody in my family had autism ever, so I need to educate myself about what is autism. How can I? help him to the best that he can and i read some books that are those deficit based kind of thing and that just gives you depression and everything it's like oh no but the thing is that um i had a ba- i had a background of working people with disabilities in costa rica oh really um, yeah they were the difference is that they were blind um oh. line and death yeah and so that i met when i was in college and so i always say that with them i learned more than any training that i ever had for yeah. people with disabilities Absolutely. and and so and also i was very lucky because i found temple Grandin, and i started to read her books yeah that completely shifted my mind into okay i'm going to do what this woman is saying because she has been very successful and I'm going to focus on focus on this thing, um, and not at the strengths and not on the deficit, whatever. And so I always have been advocated in a school for him, and that's why um, I also was for some years part of the board directors of the Autism Society, oh. and I, I had over there a group um, for support group for Latino parents. Mm. Um, yeah, and so that's, but it's hard because, you know, these kids don't show anything. They don't have certain characteristics that you say, oh, he has autism. You don't see that. Mm. And no. so it's very, in somebody like Benjamin, Benjamin is twice exceptional. And so somebody like that, it's, it's like, well, you, if you do this well and this, that you have to perform perfectly in the rest. Not like that. That is not the case. And then they say, oh, you know, you are very smart. You can do all of these things. And like, no, no, no. He still has a, a disability. So you have to find a balance between those both things. That I know he's very capable of doing things. We have to take into acknowledge his limitations as well. And so that has been all those years since we are here now in senior year. And he's going to graduate. And, and you know what? The biggest area I notice of need, because uh, so my brother has developmental disabilities. Um, uh, 
maybe not as independent as someone like Benjamin. Um, Bryce is more dependent um, uh, and, you know, he isn't necessarily going to ever live like on his own or handle his own money or something like that, like bank mm-hmm. accounts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but a social dude, he, he delivers mail at a hospital, um, loves WWE wrestling, um, plays on uh, like a special mix basketball team and, and everything. That's good. Um, yeah. And he, he, I mean, pandemic has changed a lot of this right now, but I'm we're all hoping that things will hopefully, obviously we're living with thing with this virus and the situation at hand. Um, which is a whole nother thing too about our population being more at risk, possibly. Yes. Uh, you know, that's not been really a conversation that's been had either. Is like there's the immunocompromised and older, general, elderly are more at risk, but also our population is hugely at risk. I think when you talk yeah. about immunocompromised, but we we have been having that conversation with the schools. Yeah, because you know that the, the their plan uh, here in BBSD and in in uh, some brain mm-hmm. has been they they go the first. Yeah, yeah, it's like whoa, you know what are you gonna do about the kids who are uh, have medical conditions and things like that? You cannot do that. No, so, yeah, I know. I'm I'm like what? Wait a second, that doesn't really make a lot of sense either. I was taken aback by that decision too. Mm-hmm. Um, that need that needs some more special education input to be able to understand that but and then we talk about schools and the transitions from senior year of high school to real life or college um, and the realities for someone like Benjamin or someone like Bryce or or other people on the on within the spectrum of of special needs that we talk about here and how that's a a major issue in our community Um, and there are some transitions programs, but I know that my father um, was stressed out uh, when Bryce was um, had just graduated high school um, because he he just didn't have as much kind of opportunity. So my dad had to take on so much of that responsibility all of a sudden because we got we got hooked up with um, a. Uh, a housing a development, the DD housing waiver that the state of Colorado allows some groups after they've been on a waiting list to um, give supported services uh, for domestic care and stuff like that. And we, I'm curious about what the plans are for Benjamin um, or any other kind of thoughts you have about that transitions from uh, high school into the arguably like real world or college and everything. Well, he he lo- one of the things that he loves like forever. One of his very he he I try to give him a, instead of having his one and only interest. Yeah. I tried it since he was very little. I tried to wipe it out a little bit, and so he has a lot of interest. But the one who has been forever been there is astronomy. Oh, and, really? Yeah, he can sit here and tell you about all kind of stuff. And so he that was one thing with the teachers, um, because we were talking about before that he he could go to see you and all of that. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about that because mm-hmm. and it's not that he's cannot, he's capable to do that. Really? But the thing with Benjamin is the stress and the anxiety and that makes yeah. him 
paralyzed. Maybe I'm not gonna put up maybe social uh, challenges too. <laughs> yes, yes, and and so I have been telling them, you know, I rather start him slowly, mm. so he can put his foot on the water and try it first and oh, say, oh, yeah. I can handle this. Yeah, so he uh, uh, he's gonna go to Front Range, and he, he already found some program over there, and then he could transfer. But the thing with him is that that's the thing with him. When he feels overwhelmed and so much homework and so much, he, he that was one problem that we had when he was in middle school. Yeah. He couldn't, he, he could, we have to, well, we, we did an amendment on the IP, but um, he cried and cried and cried because he would see all that he had to do and he would sit down and cry. Mm. And it's like, just need to do one thing at a time. You don't need to get the whole thing. But it was the whole picture or the whole thoughts of, is it all of this now? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, that's one thing that I we had to work with him. And so because of that, I feel one like... One piece at a time, because yeah. otherwise he just sees the whole picture, like you're saying, and yes. get instantly overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want him to go and, and do stuff and start like and see you and things and, and believe or think, oh, I cannot do this. I'm yeah. a failure on this. No, yeah. I always that's, go... That's very good parenting. You, you think <laughs> you go slowly and and you, you can do this if you just go one thing at a time take one two classes and you see how it goes and you will be you know but still he's still stressed about it he goes what's gonna happen what's gonna happen yeah well, did you go to school just like it's a different school now it's gonna be some tourists anymore but it's just school yeah yeah and and i think you know what i'm noticing is is the sort of attention that you're able to see and notice and the good parenting skills that you're you're sharing here and that's a rare thing too amongst other parents though with somebody with special needs and um noticing all those kinds of things for somebody and you've you you know you even just just mentioning that you knew that he needed a change in his iep is is unique sometimes to parents with someone with special needs where they might not have that kind of background that you already would have or that kind of um you know that attention that they would give to that detail to understand all of that and i think that's probably i would assume that some of the advocacy work is how do we educate um the parents especially and support them with these kinds of transitions with their children um going through these things um so that's i, I mean Hopefully, like, you know, you're just a, a, mo a role model uh, <laughs> for how to how to do it, you know? Thank you. Well, in the ACL, sorry about the noise, the people of the... Oh, I don't, you know, I haven't, I don't, I don't, think, I, I don't think I hear it. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Hearing it, um, but we do, and the, um, in the page of the, the ACL, we have a page for Caminando Juntos. Yeah. It's a program for Latino parents, and we were doing very well um, uh, before. We used to meet once a month, and this is in every year. I would have a program for, you know, what are we going to talk about that year? And I would bring people to talk to the parents, and and um, we give. I still do the, you know, like the IEP 101 for Latino parents, and um, that's awesome things like that's, those that's a whole nother area that that 
not only is a Latino parent intimidated because of a language challenge, but then if you have a special education need, how intimidating is all that, right? Yes. Oh, it you see all kinds of situations in the schools because the parents don't know. Some of them are afraid to ask for help or what do I do? And then on top of that, talking about the culture is the all the biases that we have as, as a culture, as a different culture too. Um, and so it's working to, through all of those things to get the parents to understand what is, um, you know, what, what is a, a person with a disability for real? You know, it's just another human being, but it's yeah. because, but because there is all these things involved, even many time religion uh, ideas of I did something wrong and and now that's why my son has this disability um, and so it's a, like a punishment from God or something mm. and, and and it's like no 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 you have to take that <laughs> not right away but you know just put it aside yeah <laughs> because I, I always have I remember I always tell my kids and, and I tell Benjamin when he was little and I didn't know about uh, autism I was learning and and but I wanted to be in touch with some parents mm-hmm. um, you know and even online or who you know as well I, I got in contact with the autism society of Boulder but at the beginning I was looking for online support groups and stuff and I found this group of moms but then I thought about it joining the group because it is it was the name of the the group was moms fighting autism and that made me think am i fighting autism i'm, yeah. I'm i don't yeah. <laughs> I'm not. that's an interesting way to frame that you know fighting mm-hmm. autism it's fighting maybe it's maybe fighting it's really it's fighting society that views autism as a negative thing right or puts challenges in the individual yeah yes force it's like i'm not doing that i cannot and and then in time i was in um in the autism society and they do great things uh, there's very different people now but at the time there was a lot of people with this kind of thinking that you need to do everything in your power through therapies and not medication but natural things and diets and everything to change this individual to it's put like it in a mold yeah change that he doesn't belong and to fix it and and i i cannot i um for all the time you know since i got the, the diagnosis one of the things that i tell the parents always you get your child and you have acceptance unconditional acceptance of this this baby that you have you don't question it this is your child and why do you want to broke break it into something that he's not and so that's one of the things that I why I couldn't go keep working with people to that is trying to fix something that for me is not broken it's just different yeah but it's not broken Yes. And so, yep. um, so that's, that's the thing that I, and that was what I was doing with the parents and see the, the change, the shifting of the mind in the, in the group of parents was very good because we did some exercises. Um, I couldn't, sadly, I couldn't do the book club with them. 
Yeah. Uh, but I did did some other things but from right, that um, language is that's what this that's exactly what this is trying to change instead of deficit mm -hmm. language labeled language it's it's what are the strengths what are the positive ways to see this um, yeah you're so right uh, I think you know what I just think is incredible about you is how you've taken on so many challenges in your life especially with the life you've lived as a single mom raising uh, Benjamin and how you're now uh, using this as an advantage to yourself to empower and lead and be a leader and influencer with others. Um, so that's just beautiful what, you're, what you've chosen to do uh, here. Instead of oh, so easily continue to feel sorry for yourself and you mm -hmm. know let the world defeat you, but you're definitely a very strong woman and I'm very, very pleased that you're putting oh, thank yourself you. out there doing the work that you're doing. Well, I always say that it's with the help of God, you know, because other than that, they couldn't do the things. But yeah, I I think that um, um, we need, we we are, the, I think the biggest thing that we can do for others is service. Mm. And it, it's it's going to make you happy if you help other people and, and uh, see how they change, especially you know that I remember a mom. One of the first group, uh, meeting with parents that I had a in Longmont, where we met, uh, and I was talking about this is um, years ago before the book was out. But I'm talking about acceptance, and I'm talking about grieving, and how the grieving is natural, mm. but you don't grieve a person forever. And I we had this conversation about when somebody died, you are in denial. And then you grieve and then you move on because it, that's the, you know, usually when somebody dies, that's a process. With people with disabilities, many times the parents is that you don't move on. You stay grieving and that's not healthy. And you have to accept and then you move on through life. And, you know, we had that meeting that night and, and then I came home. It was like 10 o'clock already. And I got this phone call from my mom. Hmm. And, and he and she told me she was crying and she told Eugenia I never realized that I have been grieving my son all his life and that's the only thing he has seen that I that, that I have been grieving his disability um, for for years but I but she said I want you to know that what you said just touched me and that that's gonna end. I'm going to celebrate my son and see all the things that he can do, you know? And so it was through the years with the, the themes and, you know, that we were exploring uh, about the people with disabilities, it was very good to see the changes of mine and the, and the parents. But again, wow. that all got cut when I went to have my my surgery yeah. and, then, and then I said you know I came back last year because it took me a while to come back and and then I came back last year and said okay um we're gonna start to uh, organize and yeah. yeah get back to where we were and, and then we were in 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 winter I said okay we're gonna organize this because they are it is hard for them to drive in winter and at night and all of that so I said well okay we we're gonna start a different um, time, and and then we had the pandemic. So I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah, so we started again uh, with Zoom. Meetings. 
for yeah. some parents. Yeah, some some of them it's hard for them to connect to Zoom and things like that. But like, come on, come on the phone, you can hear the meet. But we're we are there. That's what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Yeah. I, and you know what I've noticed is your story, your story. You know, uh, obviously you you weave you're able to weave your personal life and things that have happened to you into your professional life, like. In a, in a beautiful way where um you know so many people you know they might they might do be a servant be a servant like do service or whatever but then they have a completely different life outside of that or the or the other way around where they're they've got struggles of some kind or, or they've got somebody maybe they are also a parent with someone with special needs but they've you know not put that at the forefront of their career of sorts and they just kind of have another job or something like that so I think it's, I mean, just noticing how you're able to weave like your, your life with your professional life. And that's, that's, that's what really we should be able to do in, in life is be able to like allow, va give value to like our life experiences should be able to mm -hmm. give value to others um, mm -hmm. and be able to make a living and a life out of that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's really, you know, again, you're just kind of like, you seem to be this like model for oh. how to do it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so that's really cool. And and that's, that's the thing. Elsa is a very smart woman and she knows how to surround herself with other smart people and capable people. So that's kind of cool. How, how did you meet Elsa, by the way? How did you get connected with her? I met her when I was in BVSD. Yeah because i i had i wasn't you know how it is you go from one meeting to the other and yeah. i was in all kind of groups over there and the, that they were doing equity groups and diversity groups and of course special ed and siac and all of that yeah. and so um anna stewart made this community group um one day and that's and she invited elsa and that's where i met elsa oh wow Mm -hmm. another community group. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Well, let me let me put this out there. So, um, I'd love to like you know figure out ways that we can continue working together. Oh sure, yeah. And, and what we, how we can kind of serve each other and, and any opportunities to to share the conversation and share the the change of language because I mean the point really is is changing this um, the way we view disabilities. And I love this word neurodiversity, where we're try, yeah. trying to treat our brains and our, yeah. our abilities as cognitive, uh, actors and learners and people as, as a, as a range of diverse, uh, because there's cultural diversity where it's like, okay, not all of us are the same and we don't have the same cultural values, but neurologically we all have different brains. We don't have, we don't have to be grouped into, like we we are not, and that is the thing like that. that I that I've had discussed with the parents. Mm -hmm. It's like people have different colors, eye colors, different hair, different skin, and there's people don't usually, other than the issues with color of the skin, but the way your hair is or the way your eyes are, people usually don't think that is, is there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. No, why would be um, it's because it's, it's in our our <clears throat> individual um, uh, what I want to makeup. Yeah. So why do we have to be so <clears throat> so um, 
I don't know. So being so much a stigma with the brain is very differently. Yeah. And and you know, I just I just read this this morning because I haven't finished reading the whole book yet. Um but there was a an uh there he was talking about um depression and in Native American culture um the some of the sadness was like a beautiful thing and people who expressed sadness outwardly or were like depressed um they found that they were the ones who could be the most empathetic and could provide um were great teachers and compassionate and would teach the community then how to care about each other yeah. um and so then so someone with sadness and depression was like mm-hmm. very valuable to their to their group and their uh, or, um their community mm-hmm. while in western society someone who it's like as soon as someone's sad it's like let's fix them throw medication on them let's just get them yeah. out of here like you don't have time to be sad when that's you know yeah. that, that, to you and i that doesn't make sense but so many other people like mm-hmm. see that as like a deficit when it's just a difference you know what i mean it's it's we're all on a spectrum of emotions we're all on a spectrum of intelligences we're all on a spectrum of capabilities mm-hmm. we've got to, if we can start by changing the language then we can mm-hmm. start, we can ultimately change people's minds and then we change people's minds and we can change their actions and then we can just live in peace and harmony <laughs> eventually you know so i love yeah. i love i love being able to push that change of language out there and anyway i can share i can share it through conversations with you through some podcasts if we can put together another book club um you know i i mean i might uh one thing that i want to try to find is maybe um eventually once pandemic clears up or even maybe a, it can be a digital kind of platform or something like that but but doing like presentations speaking getting people together and like sharing the message in that kind of way too and then and using tools and uh um the language that that's from like the book and and another other other things that will I'll discover along the way. No, yeah. So I yeah. have a I have a, a Whoopi Goldberg um when she got the Oscar Yeah. Uh, and and how she saying you know thank you so much for the Oscar and this and that, and then she's talking not in the same video but she's talking about how um, difficult it was for her uh, because she has dyslexia mm-hmm. and how um, she was called names in the school and how mm-hmm. much she had to take on just because of that being called or all kind of names and. And she was saying that we have to get rid of that, you know, those those uh, biases and things. And I have Robin Williams. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, you're talking about uh, um and Robin Williams and um uh, Jim Carrey yeah. talking about depression. Yeah. And how and and then you see them, you know, for one moment I have a little little short video about Robin Williams or Jim Carrey as uh, well they are just Jim Carrey still but how Robin Williams is to be like all over the place <laughs> yeah I know that man and yeah, so and then talking about this thing wild. yeah and so it's they people get to um think about you know this is very successful people they are very successful people absolutely yeah but, but you don't you don't know about this this part of their their other part of them that they are not showing you mm-hmm. but even with that they have been very successful 
It's just that their success is not based on their struggles, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's based on their their strengths. Mm-hmm. That's why they are successful. But anyway, that's what I used to do. Another thing that I do is that yeah. Dr. Armstrong has a list of I think I don't remember, but I think it is called the um, neurodiversity assets, mm-hmm. and, and that's a list. It's a list in different in different parts um, of the. Um, they have different sections, yeah. like emotionally, artistically, uh, um, academic, and all of that. And I translated it into Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> but I did, I translated it and we did it at the Caminando Juntos program with the parents and I nice. I told them, I want you to put the name of your child and we're gonna go one by one and you're gonna tell me the strengths that because I I went one by one remember when I introduced it and I told them, we're gonna go around tonight and we're gonna introduce ourselves and say, you know, who's our child and all of that. And you're going to tell me one strength of your child. And I'm telling you, many parents were like, I don't know what to say. It's like, come on, you know that your child has strengths. All the strengths are not academic. You know, good person doesn't need to know how to do math. And so they are, oh, yeah, he, he's loving and he's very empathetic. And okay. So, you know, and then we did the list and they were so happy until he was like, oh, wow, my son is very good in this and that. Like, yeah, because we never get to explore that. We just get to IEPs and listen to all the deficits and everything yeah, that's going on. Uh, in, that, in that first, in the beginning of the book, uh, Thomas Armstrong, he would go into an IEP as a, as a cons- uh, what was he, a... Um, a school consultant uh, or whatever after he'd been a special ed teacher for a while and he would go into the IP and see a hundred 200 page IP highlight only the positive the strengths uh, what is the kid you know is curious about art and plays you know yeah. at recess and enjoys you know um, using his hands for activities like that how does it gets down to like one page or whatever and then they start with that conversation, and then all of a sudden, it's this positive narration of the kid, um, mm-hmm. where oh, that's right, he is really good with his hands. Oh, that's right, he does love astronomy. You know what I mean? And then now the conversation is like so much more strengths-based and asset-based as opposed to deficit-based. Yeah, yeah. So I think and- that's awesome. That's what that's exactly. I love how you're translating that into your. Um, your work with your coming on to, coming on dos hundos, um, yeah, uh, yeah. So that yeah, there's so much there's so much possibility to keep on with this. Um, but yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I'm very excited. Cool. Yeah. yeah thank you so much for reaching out. Yeah. Thank you. I love your energy and. Uh, oh. Great. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Bye, have a good rest of your day. Bye, nice to meet you too. Bye. Whoops. This is not. And then we press the red button. Yeah. Okay.